All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 249. Danny Ainge has gutted the Utah Jazz, and Donovan Mitchell is now officially a Cleveland Cavalier. What does that mean for the Cavs in the East? The NBA 2K ratings are out, and players are pissed, and Pat Bev and Russ finally see each other. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips. Drew, the true players podcast, episode 249. Uh, We're having a little bit of technical difficulties. Drew is having fumigation issues at his house. So he is up at his other house in Oxnard. Uh, had to, forgot his mic as well. So he's going, well, not even AirPods. You got the the, the old school uh, uh, earphones with the wire on it, dude. I do. I do. I got the wire going. It's... uh... You know, it's one of those things that I I definitely need. I should have AirPods. It's one of those things I just never did it. I never did it, and, uh, and now it's coming back to bite me in the ass. But you know, these old old school wire wire joints that used to come with the iPhones, they work. They I feel work. like you know these these will work until twenty ninety. That you know there, there's some some sort of technical loophole where I I don't know how AirPods work or how quick they they stop working. But this shit's gonna work literally until there's no electricity. So I'm I'm good. AirPods will change your life, dude. Uh, just to let everybody know, too, that does not live in Southern California, we are going through the biggest heat wave I've ever experienced here in mm-hmm. San Clemente. I mean, dude, if you Google where I live in San Clemente, California, and Drew is right there in San Diego, 11 months out of the year, we have the best weather in the world. We are ranked on the world list of best weather in the world. It is 74 degrees at all times in San Clemente. It is hotter than balls right now. I have windows (laughs) open. If you hear the gardener outside, I'm sorry. Drew has windows open. Uh, I had it so bad this week, Drew. You know, and I know we're not going to stay on this too long, but uh, you know I love Trader Joe's, right? Love Trader Joe's. I had a Trader Joe's party two weeks ago. Fellas, let me tell you something. You want to get chicks at your house, (laughs) have a Trader Joe's party. Tell all the girls you know, bring your favorite thing to Trader Joe's. You bring the wine and alcohol. We're gonna make. We're gonna eat food. You will get plenty of chicks at your house if you throw a Trader Joe's party. That's a very smart, very smart party there, Clips. Look oh, it's great. Well, look at that. They got a head on those shoulders there, I'm, huh? I'm thinking a once a month thing from here on out. Is yeah, what bingo. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, they came out with this new ice cream that I was I was so excited for banana banana pudding ice cream. Right. Wow. I went out. I bought it right away. I took one bite of it and I'm like, oh yeah, this is magical. I cannot wait to eat the whole the whole pint when I get home, right? Yeah. So I go uh, I go out for the day, and our all the power goes out. It's the hottest day of the year. Oh all shit! The power the blackouts. Black. It, it was out. Drew, mine was out for ten hours. Okay. Oh. Ice cream melted. Everything in my fridge melted. I was sitting in the darkness at my house. It was eight p.m. <laughs> it was eight p.m. And I'm like, you know what? I got nothing to do. I'm just gonna go to bed. I went to bed at eight p.m., dude. Oh, it's boy. so hot and I had no ice cream to eat. So anyways, the reason why you might hear some 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 noises in the background, we got windows open. All right. Definitely. So we you know that's it. I'm just I'm just going to say this uh, movie theater. That's always a go to when there's a blackout. You have to drive, obviously, to drive to a place that still has electricity. 
True. But if I was in your spot, I can't fall asleep at eight. I, I'm I'm a night owl dog. I stay up till midnight at least. Oh no. And so I would have definitely driven to whatever local movie theater has AC, and I probably would have watched two movies in that thing, and then kind of came came back home. Well, I was lucky enough. Like I had some episodes of The Office like on my phone and whatnot, and because there's oh, no there internet. you go. Internet's down. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you can't do Wi-Fi's anything. Gone. As long as you got juice on the phone, like there's something to watch. But there's, there comes a point where it's like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm hot. There's nothing to eat. I'm Just tired. Go to sleep. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna get up before I am anyway. So, anyways, so it finally happened, Drew. We got uh, Danny Ainge has completely Hannibal Lectured the Utah Jazz. I don't think it's done yet. He has gutted the team. I think Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley and and Bogdanovich will probably be next. But Donovan Mitchell finally has a home in Cleveland. And I am ecstatic about it. I love this move. I was very vocal uh, this whole summer talking about how, like, it's sexy to think about Donovan on the Knicks. I know the Knicks really wanted Donovan. They want this superstar so bad. It's shocking. The Knicks blow it once again. And Donovan's going to Cleveland. And I, I love this move for Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Kobe Altman over there in Cleveland deserves something because, look, man, I think uh, this is exactly what you should be doing with your team. Uh, Cleveland is not a destination spot. It's not Miami. It's not LA. The only way you're going to be able to build a quality team is through the draft and through trades. And they are winning at both of those. Now, yeah. I, as, as I, I, I like Brunson in New York, do I think he's worth $100 million? Not really. Brunson and, and Donovan Mitchell never sounded great to me. Uh, Donovan and, and, and Darius Gardland, that sounds sexy to me. Two creative guards. Uh, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Donovan Mitchell. I think having the, the young bucks in Mobley and Okoru and, and uh, uh, obviously Garland, no longer Sexton. Jared got, Allen. Uh, Jared Allen, thank you. That means you got defense with the bigs and Mobley and Allen. You have uh, wise vets there to help the young bucks in love. They just, they just got Robin Lopez. They got Rubio there to help out too. Look, I just, I just really like this move. And I think it kind of puts Cleveland in that new spot, man. Like on paper – these guys might be a top five team in, team in the East. What do you think about this? Yeah, big move way out of left field too, right? Like of all the destinations that we had, you know, conjured up during these, these weeks of these leads up, lead ups of where will Donovan Mitchell go? Cleveland was very low on the, my list of possibilities. Like, of course, we knew that they had uh, assets to make a deal like this happen. We just didn't, I didn't think that they were going to move it because of how much success they had last year. And I thought they were going to kind of like reload. Let's see what we can do. Let's give it one more go. Uh, But it was a very, very savvy trade uh, for Kobe Altman, as you mentioned, the Cavs GM to just swoop in where, where it like at the perfect timing, it just seemed like the Knicks had kind of, you know, at least taken a breath. They all stepped away or, you know, just kind of were like, okay, maybe we're not going to do it. And then Kobe Altman just swoops right in. And he, and he also, got rid of Colin Sexton really in a great way too. I mean, you know, Colin Sexton is a really good player. I think he's going to do well for Utah or, or, you know, wherever he ends up, if it's not in Utah long-term, he is coming off of the ACL. Uh, But, you know, clearly there was like a backlog and and we had talked about it, uh, you know, I think over the last two seasons, like what does Cleveland do with the Sexton Garland thing? And at times it looked pretty good, right? Because Sexton's really bringing it on the on the defensive end and Garland was really bringing it on the offensive end. But I think obviously this is a much bigger elevation here. And and I also think something that surprised me was how happy Donovan Mitchell was to land in Cleveland, because I think he sees what everyone else does. It's like, holy shit, they got a squad. 
Mm-hmm. So to your point, yeah, man, I look, if everyone's healthy on that team, uh, and that includes Ricky Rubio, who I think, you know, will be back probably what, what do you think, like mid-season? Maybe? That was ACL too, you know? Yeah, so maybe maybe not until the end of the season, but hopefully mid-season for Rubio because he'll be a big contributor. But if everyone else can stay healthy, having Kevin Love come off the bench, having Robin Lopez there, and then being able to still keep Isaac Okoro uh, as your kind of your defensive anchor. I think Stevens was a pretty good player for them last year. They, they got guys that can really they can go they can go for a while and now the, the interesting thing is like what worked uh, very well for Cleveland last year was that three-headed seven-footer lineup that they had right with with Laurie marketing in at the power or at the small forward Mobley at the power forward Jared Allen at the center so maybe there's going to be a, a different iteration of that and they'll look a little different so that's that's I mean but that's okay because they have a much a much greater offensive asset in Donovan Mitchell, you know, there. And just just before uh, we move into some further in depth analysis, the, the trade was Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs for Colin Sexton, Laurie Markinen, the rookie Agbaji out of Kansas, and three picks, unprotected picks. And that part right there, the three picks, is what seemed to have tripped up the deal from being completed with New York Knicks. The Knicks did not seem like they wanted to give up the three picks and Barrett and whatever else they had thrown into their offer. And that's what Cleveland was able to offer to make the deal complete. Yeah. Okay. So going off of what you just said, though, I remember early in the season last year, I mean, we had Spencer Davies on from the Cleveland Cavaliers to talk about the expectations for Cleveland going into next season, which we were kind of excited about. And then at the beginning of the season, it was that Clippers-Cleveland game where Cleveland just destroyed us, destroyed us because of that three-headed monster we were talking about. They were so big and so long that we didn't know what the hell to do with them, right? And now, in retrospect, we're looking at it like, damn, maybe they were too big and too long. And maybe, <laughs> maybe that wasn't the best fit, right? No, I mean, last year it came down to injuries, honestly. Yeah. I mean, marketing, marketing got out injured, and then Mobley was injured at the end of the year. Jared Allen had a broken hand they or some four, shit. They were and it just all of, the, all of it came down because of those health problems. Now, I don't think it was because of the length and, and the weirdness of the lineup. I think it no, was due to health. That's fair. I mean, they were fourth in defense before Jared Allen went down at the end of the year. So then Rubio went down, Rondo right. went down. Like, they had all the injuries, right? So that's, that's what it was. Right. And, I, I you know, I think – not every NBA player is looking to land in a major market. Maybe some players are looking, I mean, Donovan's been playing in a small market his whole career for, you know, for all intents and purposes. And I just think going to a place where your fit is going to work. I I see the fit working there. I mean, we saw Darius Garland and Donovan working out the next day together. right? And it's going to take some time to build chemistry. The interesting thing with Cleveland was Mobley and Garland had chemistry right off the bat. And look like Darius Garland, has had a has had a weird career, right? Like he played five games for Vanderbilt, right? And right. it was kind of like uh, Rob Robin to to Sexton, right? And and yep. until Sexton goes down and he's called up, and his number's been called, and then guess what? He turns into an all star, twenty one points a game, damn near nine assists a game. Uh, he was a hell of a player. They got Allen's an all star, and and Garland's an all star. Kevin Love's a former all star. Mobley is going to be a star in the league, right? So and they're still under the rookie contracts. And, you know, I think Donovan has three more years on his, if I'm not mistaken, if not four. Um, And they still have Karis LeVert. Did you mention they have LeVert? LeVert. We didn't even LeVert is still there. Right. We we didn't bring up LeVert, who's another young buck on there. They kind of don't really know how to use him correctly yet. 
right? no, but I think he'll fit in nicely at that three. Like, so if they decide to move away from that seven foot thing, because they marketing was the big piece to allow for that to happen. But so if they move away, then we probably have Karis kind of more naturally in his in his three spot, or you have Okoro starting, right? You have to make that decision. Like, what what makes more sense? Do you do you bring in Karis off the bench as kind of a heater score guy coming off the bench, which which probably makes the most sense to start, and then leave Okoro in the starting lineup. Or do you just go all out offensive because you have Mobley and Jared Allen to protect the rim? Maybe you don't need a Coro on the floor as much. Uh, but, you know, I think they'll, they'll obviously work that out. And it's a good problem for them to have. Right. Like that's that's the nice piece. And the team is certainly deep uh, and very exciting. I mean, look, dude, I, I think for the Cavs uh, fans, they've had such highs and lows and probably more so than any fan base in that short amount of time, right? You go from like this mountain peak of having LeBron and making it to the finals and then he leaves and, and, you know, then you're down in the dumps, but you get all these first round number one overall draft picks, right? You get so many number one overall draft picks. Yeah. You have LeBron and, and then you go to Anthony <laughs> Bennett and then you have Kawhi, Kyrie and then you don't have Kyrie. No, but then, but then LeBron comes back and they're back yeah. in the mountaintop. They go back to the finals a couple times. They win one. And then LeBron leaves again and it's like, oh shit, now what do we do? I mean, I just think it's, it's nice for this fan base to look and be like, this is a, this is a nice solid team that doesn't hinge necessarily on LeBron or one major star, like holding the, the, the franchise hostage. This is like a perfect scenario. I think for that fan base, a young team that can develop, that can improve and that can probably really shake, shake some shit up in the Eastern conference. I'm excited for the East, man. With this, with this new look for them, it's a whole new monster, man. Yeah, I, I agree. And like you said earlier, though, you know, the Knicks didn't like those three picks to get or those three picks to give up to get the guy they wanted. Sometimes you have to, man. Yeah. Right. And absolutely. sometimes that's when you have to go out all out on the line, right? And you think about it. If Cleveland, if Cleveland says, yo, Danny wants Sexton. Lowry, a rookie, and three picks, right? For us to get a 25-year-old, three-time All-Star, borderline All-NBA player that's going to really help this team, then you got to go in and do it. And so if I am the fan of that team, then it's – and I, I don't mean to go back to Paul George, but like, yo, if you want Paul George, we have to give up all of these picks, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's the only way we're going to get it done. And they got it yes. done. Knicks fans who just think, like Laker fans a lot too – think that people are just going to come here because they, they just want to be here, right? right. Oh, yeah, we're right. going to get everybody. And you're not. And the Knicks could have had Donovan Mitchell. Now, let's go to right. Utah really quick. Because, sure. um, I mean, Ainge is stockpiling picks now. We're talking about how you build a franchise like Denver and like Cleveland through the draft and through trades and stuff like that, getting all the right pieces. Chemistry, it's going to take a few years to build. Danny Ainge, like we all knew, this was going to happen this summer. This is a complete reboot. There's one way to oh, do yeah. There's one positive way to do a reboot, and that's to gut everything. Let's get the mm-hmm. most out of our two main assets that we have in Gobert and in Donovan. Um, I think, and I think we talked about this before the show started, I think if Danny was really trying to rebuild the team for to compete to win this year, I would have taken the Barrett deal. I would have taken the Barrett and Grimes and Toppin and the two picks to start a team that's going to at least compete. Are they going to be good? Probably not. There's also the other factor that they want the other Frenchmen, right? Everybody's watching to see what Wembo is going to do. We're seeing all the highlights of Wembo. Everybody wants to be in the race for him, and whether it's San Antonio, Utah, like however, whoever else. 
And I think it's Presty and Ainge have like 40 picks in the next five years, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. stockpiling these picks. I just think that if Danny was trying to compete to get to a play-in tournament this year or something of that nature, uh, they would have taken that Knicks deal and then figured out what to do with Conley and Clarkson and Bogdanovich, who's, I, I guess, everybody's on the block right now. I know yeah. I heard the Lakers, of course, are interested in in Clarkson again, shocking. They want to look at Clarkson again. We're interested in all three of those guys. I, that you just said, and, I, yeah. and I would be too, all right? Because yeah. I think I, I told you mid, mid-season last year, like, if I would love Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench for the Clippers, but, I, I, you know, I don't see it happening right now. So are we both in agreement that I think Utah is trying to show that they're not tanking while tanking at the same time? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I, I – to me, I see both deals from the Cavs and the Knicks as pretty similar. Uh, I think you could make an argument that Colin Sexton uh, and R.J. Barrett are are at a similar level in their in their development. Like, granted, R.J. doesn't have an ACL injury, but I think Colin Sexton has shown, at the very least, a desire to be competitive, no matter the circumstance. And that's that's you know a rare trait in an NBA professional. Uh, because, you know, the guy, he went through some really rough times there in Cleveland, but never quit ever once. I never saw him quit ever. And yes, maybe he has some deficiencies in his offensive game and that it can improve and blah, blah, blah. But I actually think both either, either decision that Utah made, whether that was the Knicks pick, uh, the Knicks uh, trade package or the Cavs trade package, the only way that they were going to remain competitive this year and try and fight in for a play in uh, spot is by keeping Donovan Mitchell. And keeping Conley and keeping Bogdanovich and then just taking what you got from the Gobert trade and making something happen or making another small trade to, to fill out that roster and go, okay, let's see if we can reload. Let's see if we can make a play in somewhere in that, you know, six through 10 range that we can finish. Six would be unbelievable with that roster. But when they decided to let Donovan Mitchell go, in my opinion, that was them throwing their hat in the tank for Wemba, 100%. Now there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Then maybe they'll, maybe they will try and win some games, and maybe maybe Ainge won't actually outwardly come out and say we're intentionally going to lose games this year because of this guy. But certainly, I mean, you look at what they had in in Gobert and the French connection there. I can only imagine that you know if if Danny Ainge saw this opportunity to bring in another Frenchman who could really could be the next best player that we have for for a generation it's possible it's very possible that this guy is going to be the next lebron or whatever whatever you want to call him kevin durant whatever um i don't i i totally i'm totally behind him scrapping it once once the quinn snyder domino fell right Mm -hmm. once once they finally decided to let quinn go and whatever that was about fine then gobert then mitchell now the rest as you said are probably going to go to conley Bogdanovich certainly those two guys should be uh, and Clarkson should should all be wanted in the league there shouldn't be a shortage of teams that are reaching out for those guys well and they deserve it I think Conley yes. could be on a competing team Clarkson deserves so yes Bogdanovich they all deserve it and I don't I, think they, they don't want to be part of a rebuild right Conley doesn't have time to be part of a rebuild none of them do they're all I think they're all kind of at that that point even Clarkson who's on the younger end I guess of those three mm-hmm. guys all of them, I think, deserve a chance to be in the playoffs and contributing for a winning franchise. So I think that's all good. Um, but I think the point that I was making is simply that I think Danny Ainge and and the guy that we're not talking about, who's actually the GM, by the way, is Justin Zanuck. 
Mm-hmm. Ainge is, is higher up than Zanuck. Uh, but Zanuck is the guy that's, that should get all the credit for this because he is the GM, but we all know it's Danny Ainge pulling the strings. Once they made the decision to sell Donovan, yeah, it's I, I totally expect them to actively be bad, like intentionally be bad this year and see what they can do. And I, we have to commend them, though, like in the same way that we were commending Sam Presti, you know, some people are confused, like, why does Sam Presti want to stockpile these picks? Or same, same thing that could be asked here of, this, uh, of, of these moves by the Utah Jazz. But clearly it's an asset. He's, he's compiling assets. You can call them whatever you want. You can value them whatever you'd like. But he is stockpiling assets and, you know, uh, favorable contracts to the team in order to rebuild in any facet, even if he misses out on the Wembo sweepstakes and doesn't get the number one overall draft pick. They have so much flexibility. They can go after so many things that they, that they might want to desire. But Utah is a small market, something that you said previously. So getting someone in free agency is very unlikely. So the draft has to be the way that they move forward, which in, to me, the same thing applies to Oklahoma City. Free agents don't want to go to either of those places. So let's get as many draft picks as we can, and maybe we'll fucking hit a grand slam. Maybe we'll be the ones that get Wembo Slice, and we'll be, uh, you know, we'll, be, we'll be living it up for the next decade. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too. We keep talking about Danny Ainge and, you know, how these deals get done. I wish we were in war rooms because they're very difficult to get done. And some interesting things that I heard this morning was, first of all, like the communication. Kobe Alden and Danny Ainge, they have a history, right? Like, excuse me, Cleveland and Danny Ainge have done deals before, right? Like the Jordan Clarkson deal, like the Kyrie Irving deal, like the uh, Rodney Hood deal. Like they have an open line of communication. They've done deals before, right? And then with the Knicks, this is what I found interesting. And I don't, I don't care. Okay. Like I'm not a Knicks fan, but I, I like to think of how I would feel if I was a Knicks fan. So I read this morning that, you know, everybody, all Knicks fans in the NBA, we, we've heard what Leon Rose and the front office of the Knicks are going to do. We're going to bring in the stars. We're going to do this. And they've done nothing. They've given Jalen Brunson a hundred million dollars. <laughs> I think signing RJ Barrett, giving him the extension. I like that. Yeah. Right? Committing mm-hmm. to somebody, right? If we're not going to get Donovan Mitchell, we're going to over we're going to overpay R.J. Barrett for what his ceiling could possibly be, right? Like, because he is very good. And if Utah, I would like to get R.J. Barrett. I would like to have him on my team, right? But the Knicks mm-hmm. locked him up. But then we read this morning that Leon Rose deputized what's my guy's name? Uh, uh, what's his name, Drew? From, Gerson 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 Rojas. Yeah, deputizes him to handle the negotiations with Danny Ainge. And I don't know. I just found that a little weird. I want my GM. I want my guy who I've put all my faith into, the guy that has told me. And, and Gerson, is a, he's got a good track record. He's a great front minus with the extra extracurricular activities with the ladies. Yeah, basketball-wise, he's got a basketball good track wise, record. Basketball-wise. Yeah. <laughs> so he started under Maury. He did good things in, in Minnesota. But then Leon kind of just like passes him off. Like, you know what, Danny, deal with Gerson. Deal with him. I don't mm-hmm. really want to deal with you. And if I was a Knicks fan, I'd feel pissed about that. I, yes. I want my main guy to go in. And if you said you were going to deliver me superstars and I don't think Donovan Mitchell is a superstar, I don't, I don't think he is that guy yet, but what Donovan Mitchell is, is a really good basketball player that has a lot of playoff experience where playoffs, he's a much better player than he is in the regular season. And, mm-hmm. and, and Cleveland is going to need some people like that heading into the playoffs. You're going to need a bucket getter, right? Yes. And at most times, on Utah, it was Donovan Mitchell, and then hopefully Jordan Clarkson when he comes off the bench. Yeah, Bogdanovich too. Bogdanovich can get he you. He could. He could. Yeah. yeah. But you get what I'm saying. Cleveland can yes. use that guy, and Donovan can use 
uh, some extra people on his squad. Donovan's defense isn't that great, but guess what? If we got four other guys that like to play defense, we can hide mm-hmm. Donovan a lot. So anyways. Well, and he can also, he can press up because, because the, the rim protection is so good. He doesn't have to be worried about getting beat. He should mm-hmm. try to get beat because he has the rim protection. He could be able to be more free to play mm-hmm. defense in that, in that lineup. And, and honestly, the same could be said about the, the lineup that he had with Gobert in Utah, but we still didn't see him execute to the level that makes the most sense. So uh, I, I think you're totally right though. So a couple things. things uh, first going back to what you said about the Knicks deputizing Gerson Rojas, it's a weird move. Like what else is more important to anybody in the Knicks organization than getting Donovan Mitchell at this point in time? Nothing. The answer is zero. I don't, I mean, zero. I'm, I'm sure Leon Rose would say, Oh, I'm doing all these things. Look at you're all not. this. list." The, the answer, though. the question is none of those are more important than getting a all-star caliber player on your team. Zero. Secondly, secondly, going back previously to what you said, the fact that the Knicks were not willing to part with three draft picks that they will probably fuck up anyway, as we have seen. Right. Also mind blowing. They needed to pull the trigger on this and they got cute. I think they got cute yeah. because, because they thought uh, it was locked in. I think they thought it was locked in. I think they thought they had the best package. And I think because of how long their ne- negotiations have been drawn out, I think they thought anybody else that was interested may have already thrown something in and, and been denied. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. along the weeks in which they had these back and forth, maybe, you know, maybe whoever else wanted him would have already thrown in their whatever offer. And, and Utah's like, no, 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 we're going to stick with the, we have, the Knicks have the better package. And honestly, if it wasn't for Kobe Altman picking up the phone when he did, my guess is Utah probably would have settled for the, 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 the package for, for, for the Knicks. Uh, but it's one of those things in negotiations where sometimes you get a little cute, you get a little, uh, you know, you take a deep breath, you think you got it all locked in and you're playing some hardball when, when it all in all realities, that one pick could probably be a guy that we will never know. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if it's a, a top 10 pick, so few of those ever work out and stick with a franchise for more than, you know, four five, six, seven years, you know? And so I just think it's, it, that is complete mismanagement of a very rare opportunity for the Knicks, a guy who's from New York, mm-hmm. who probably would have enjoyed being a Nick, probably was, you know, potentially even looking forward to it. Uh, and then they, they lose out in the last second because they were getting cute. That's and why Drew. That's you bad. Have, that's you bad have stuff to put, right there. You have to put everything on the line when you're up there, when, when that's your main job, my main job is to bring in the talent, right? Yes. So again, Clipper, Clipper reference. I liked hearing that Doc Rivers, you know, drove to Nobu in Beverly Hills to make sure he met with Paul George and his agent really fast. And then, you know, getting Balmer and, and, and Doc getting Kawhi on the phone to get on the phone with Paul George to make mm. this deal happen. You know what I mean? That's what I want to hear. If I heard that Leon Rose did everything possible to get yes. Donovan Mitchell, it just didn't work, then I would completely understand. To me, and I think to you too, hearing that he deputized somebody to de- handle the negotiations means he wasn't trying hard enough. And Knicks fans, you don't deserve Donovan Mitchell. So it just is what it is. Yeah, he got RJ's deal done, but you know what? Snooze, you lose, dude. And now Cleveland's a much better team than you. They were a better team than you last year, and now they're in the in, for the next four years. They're probably going to be yeah. a better team than you. 
Yeah, I think the Knicks, uh, the best case scenario is getting Bogdanovich in there now. That's their yeah, best spot. That trying, do, it does flip, nothing. Flip. Oh, no, it's a, that was a joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, okay. but like like literally, that's like the best case scenario for them now. As, as, as jokingly as I said that, if they can flip Fournier uh, for yeah. Bogdanovich, then great. That's a nice awesome. little consolation. But it's, it's not what they need. It's not what they're looking for. Uh, so that's, I mean, it is a bummer. I, I continue to, to expect the Knicks to make some sort of play. And the, and the Jalen Brunson play is great. Like, I, again, I think we've talked that ad nauseum. We've said yeah. so much about it. We like the kid. The number is the number. Fine, whatever. But being able to add Donovan Mitchell, while it wouldn't necessarily make you a championship contender uh, right now, it certainly will put asses in the seats. Yeah. And it will be exciting. And uh, it, it will help you build and get to the next all-star that you need because every team needs at least two that wants to compete for a championship. So I just think it, it's just a, a really, really poor job uh, yet again from management in the Knicks, even though these guys were supposed to be the end-all, be-all. It is a, it's a strange thing that they would decide to bring in Rojas, Rosas, Rosa, whatever the hell his name is. He's, he's obviously a smart guy, right? He was uh, – part of the organization in Houston. He was the president of the the Timberwolves and all that shit. Uh, But Leon Rose is not uh, unfamiliar with negotiation, right? Like one would say that may have maybe one of the strongest points that he brings to the table is being able to negotiate another landscape after being an agent for all these years. This is a, it's a, it's a quandary. I, he has to, I think he, he owes everyone an explanation as to what he was doing with his time that would merit hiring and bringing in an outside consultant as good as he was as an outside consultant. Maybe it's to maybe handle it's a this place deal. to blame. Maybe it's like, maybe he thought, well, we're not going to, I'm not going to get Donovan Mitchell. Why don't I get Rob yeah. over here? Why don't you, why don't you say you try to you, you take the fall, which is, a, it's an, it's another horrible thing because it always goes to the top, bro. It always goes to the top. It's never, it's never not going to get back to him if they don't yeah. get Donovan Mitchell. I feel bad for so, them, man. I do too, man. I do too. I, I feel bad for them. Uh, but I'm very excited for Donovan. I, I think for him, by the way, the Cleveland move is clearly the better of the two, right? Like Ooh. if we're just talking about for Donovan as the, as, the, as the player himself, that is clearly the better of the two destinations. So congrats to Donovan because he ended up in the better spot. Yeah, we're all about fits, right? We like fits. I want, I want, I like Donovan Mitchell. I think he can be better than he is. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, me saying he's not a superstar is not hating on Donovan Mitchell. I saw what he did to us in the bubble. We all remember yeah. bubble playoffs of Donovan Mitchell. Wow, we remember playoffs last year, Donovan Mitchell. Like the dude is nice, but I think yeah. with a little help and with young legs and the create and just having these these young guys behind him, I think it's going to be. I think there's going to be some kind of power struggle with Garland and him. Like, whose team is it? Who's going to be the guy taking the last shot? Okay. I think they're both going to be okay with yeah. kind of deferring to each other. I hope they're. I hope they're like that because they well, provide different things. Yeah, no, they do. I and I think they'll play off each other pretty well. I think the the major thing that Cleveland was missing last year was the guy who's going to take the shot at the end mm-hmm. of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think Donovan Mitchell comes in thinking that that's him. And I think. The organization should make that very clear to everyone that it is him. Mm-hmm. It's Donovan who takes the, the shot at the end of the, at the end of the, uh, of the game, if, you know, whatever, whatever scenario that is. And Donovan is unselfish enough to, if he's getting double team, drop it to Garland, no problem. And, and we know all know how capable a shooter Darius Garland is. And honestly, just a capable offensive player period. 
So it's just good. It's good, right? Darius seems like he wants to be a point guard. Donovan had to flip back and forth over the last couple of seasons in Utah. Or am I a point guard? Am I a two guard? You know, when they brought in Conley, that forced him a little bit more to the two guard, but he brought the ball up a lot. So I just think they'll. it will take a little getting used to and a little direction, but certainly Kobe Altman and uh, and Bickerstaff over there have to nail that into, in, into place very quickly to just settle that all down. It should be the three-time all-star. It should be the guy mm-hmm. that has scored 40 points <laughs> in multiple uh, playoff games that is taking that shot because that's what they missed last year. They needed him. And, and Levert tried to do that a little bit and, and Garland tried to do that. It just didn't work. They're not, they're not there. Yeah. Levert tries a little there. too much. Levert yeah. tries a little too much. But the, uh, yeah. My last thing on, on the, on the Cavs offense, at least, is if Donovan can bring what he knows about, and you know, I'm big on this man, but the, the pick and roll, right. With Mobley and with Allen, if they can come up with something like the go bear thing, uh, come up with a really good pick and roll. Strategy. Oh yeah. It, cause, cause, cause Mobley can come out and pick and pop. Go, yep. go bear. Couldn't pop. Mobley can go out there at 15, 18 and pull oh, yeah. the jumper. And I think if they can incorporate a little more of that, look, defense is everything. And I think defensively they have it at least with the two big guys down low, but uh, there's, I think there'll be a power struggle too. Like, cause Mobley's really, really nice. Drew. Yep. We, we, we see how good this guy is going to be. Um, and I just think it's going to be an interesting year. I'd like to see a pick and roll move by them real quick. Fun Cav fact. fact. Mm. Highest contract in Cavs history. Who has it? The highest contract. Is mm-hmm. it Kevin Love? No. Uh, I thought he signed the big boy. He did have a big boy. Uh, well, is it Donovan now? Is it is it Donovan Mitchell? Darius Garland is the oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. contract in Cleveland Cavalier history at $193 million. And guys, remember... What I just said, $193 million for a guy that played five games in college yep. and didn't know where he was going to fit in on this basketball <laughs> team. Opportunity means everything, man. And when yep. Sexton went down, Garland stepped in and we saw how good he is. So mm. we're both really excited about this squad. The East is going to be lit. Yep. Um, and we've already we've already gone with our Utah. Like Utah's is tanking. That's what we're planning for. Yep. We think they're going to gut it a little more moving forward. I think they can get something nice for Clarkson. I think they can get something nice for Conley and for for Bogdanovich. I think if they want yes. to stockpile more picks, um, will, will it be the Lakers? I don't know because the Lakers are in everything now. It's so funny because those those oh, folks God. Are up, Lakers have interest in Bogdanovich and Clarkson, and I'm like, yeah, yes. everybody does. Of course they do. Of do you course think we you're do. getting any of them. Do you think you'll get any of the Utah Jazz with what you have? Uh, By the way, it's PHT and Colin Sexton are running the show up there in Utah right now. So. That's a lit backcourt, bro. Um, no, I, yeah, I think, yeah, we don't need, we don't need Conley. Right. So, uh, the only reason we would get Conley is in a trade for Westbrook, um, which might actually happen. I mean, so, okay. This is, this is pointless talking about this, but we can, we can do it. The reason why Utah would still be interested in Westbrook is because they can offload some of these extra players Maybe we give them a, a draft pick along with Westbrook and then they can buy him out, wave him, whatever the fuck, put him out there. Who gives a shit? Like, you know, whatever you want to do. Uh, and in that scenario, I would, you know, Conley or Clarkson or Bogdanovich or any combination of those guys would be more well, like very welcome to, to be on the Lakers. Now, without the Russell Westbrook trade piece, the only thing that we have to offer, I think, is one or two picks. We have two in the 27 and 29. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for that reason, I think the only way we get any of those guys 
those two picks should not be appealing to anybody. I, I mean, maybe they will be, but uh, I think maybe we would get any of those guys if they went to some sort of buyout, right? Bogdanovich is, I think he's on the last year of his deal. I think Conley's got one or two left and same with Clarkson. So I think certainly if any of those guys end up in a, in a favorable buyout scenario, uh, yes, we will be like Bogdanovich would be ideal. If I'm being honest with you, mm-hmm. Bogdanovich would be a very good addition for us. Uh, it's a, it's a guy that can, can play alongside LeBron and be a small forward slash power forward. That would be, if I could pick one, I would pick Bogdanovich. Yeah, but there's got to be a better deal out there for him. That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't know why he would want to come. You know, why would you Why would you want to come to the Lakers at this point? I don't know why you would want to. I mean, look, you can get excited about playing alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you see what happened last year uh, and we have a whole new head coach, it, why would you want to come to the Lakers if Russ and Braun and AD are also on the squad? I mean, at least for me, I would be a little hesitant there, especially because there will be – plenty of teams that want Bogdanovich. I can't imagine too many teams going like, nope, 20 points a game, right. six foot eight. No, we don't need good that. Good team like, guy. Good <laughs> yeah. team guy. Right. Yeah. Love him seem, in the locker room. He doesn't seem, he seems like super humble. Like right. he's totally fine with Donovan Mitchell, you know, dominating the ball and nobody talks about him. So dude, I mean, fuck dude, if we can get Joe Ingles and, and we can get Bogdanovich on the Lakers somehow, I would be a hog in shit, whatever that saying is. I never get that right. Pig and shit. Pig and shit. Hey, yeah. so let's take a trip around the NBA because there is other stuff happening. And I thought you, you might be able to help me out better on this. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of you 2K players out there. But I guess the 2K ratings came out today. Oh, yeah. And some of the players are so – I don't understand why they were so sensitive about this. So, <laughs> shockingly enough, Kevin Durant was upset at his 96 rating, okay? He was upset, <laughs> hollered at Ronnie 2K today, and was like, yo, why am I not a 99? And he was dead-ass serious about it. The highest-rated yep. player on 2K right now is Giannis at 97, which I think is rightfully so. Is Giannis the best basketball player in the world? Probably not, but he is the most dominant guy. And if you've watched anything in the FIBA this summer, this guy is murdering. Like, <laughs> if the NBA wasn't on notice already, like Giannis is coming for your for your throats right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Him and Luca both look great in FIBA, but <clears throat> so uh, KD was pissed off that he's a 96, not a 99. And then Clay, Clay even went at Ronnie too, because he was like a 78 in three point shooting, right? 88. He was an 88. Was it an 88? Even even so, right? Uh So Clay went and like showed his stats, like best two three point shooters of the last decade or whatever is stuff. And then him, right? Yeah. And you know, I you know, we are definitely a podcast that have have beat the Russell Westbrook shit to death, right? And I know (laughs) we have to keep talking about it, but they gave Russ a 78 yeah and they gave ad a 90 right and i'm just like okay patrick beverly was a 79 79 which is paulo bancaro and jabari smith juniors are 78s so those that's where russ is apparently according to to, to 2k that's just not (laughs) fair dude okay i don't understand so first of all the question here i'll give you the i'll give you the top guys right now so the top the the top 2k players or ratings right now is Giannis at 97 Braun at 96, Curry 96, KD 96, Joker 96, Embiid 96, uh, Luka 95, Kawhi 94, Ja 93, Tatum and Butler both 93s. Um, again, I don't understand why people are taking this so personally, but is it is this a thing, Drew? Like, should the players be upset about this? Should they be going at Ronnie or, or no? 
Oh, I, I think it's actually really good. I think it's good because it, to me, it shows that at least like, so if you're Ronnie 2K, this is great. You want, you want people to be upset or happy or whatever. You want some, you want to elicit some emotion when you release these rankings because it just, it drums up more interest in NBA 2K period, right? Like all the posts today and, and today and tomorrow and all whatever, they're all going to be about 2K ratings. Now there's, there's another a game that exists. It's called NBA live. No one's, no one's tweeting about those rankings. No, no one's, no one's bringing that shit up. So I think, you know, it's good for them because they, they have monopolized the NBA in the form of a video game. Anyone who's playing any, any NBA video game most likely is playing 2k. Now the rating system is completely flawed. We all know this, but the weirdest part is like the years that they go back and forth. If you look over the, the course of time, they've had multiple people at 99 over the course of the 2k ratings. And I think even in a season, they had a couple people at 90, not just one guy, but a, a few. Uh, and so I, when you're starting off at with, with a hundred being the maximum, I don't know why they don't just make Giannis a hundred or Giannis a 99 and then scale everyone up on a curve. You, you can totally do that. Yeah, but what's right? the difference between 99 and 96? This is the point that I'm getting to. There is no difference, but they have the option to get someone to a 99. So, like, why wouldn't they mm. bring Giannis to a 99? Because if 97 is the max, then it's the same thing, right? It's, this, it's an arbitrary number that we've put at 97. So bring Giannis up to a 99, pump everyone else up two points, and then guess what? KD, you're at a whatever that is. You're at a 98. 98. Is KD going to complain about a 98? Probably. Prob- probably. Right. Probably. But – so what? It's one point. Like I just, so anyway, the rating system to me is it's hilarious. I think it's nothing but good publicity. Even if people are complaining about the ratings, nothing but good publicity for 2K because everyone's talking about it. Now, the rankings that they have listed here, I think they don't seem completely baseless, right? Giannis, 97, everyone else one point below him, fine. I think Steph Curry being a 96 alongside LeBron, KD, Jokic, and Embiid seems a little off. The guy, he's the only one under six foot nine <laughs> on that list, right? So for him to be a 96 and him also to be the only 99 three-point shooter in the game. And then Clay was second, by the way. Clay finished second in ratings. Mm-hmm. But the second rating was 88 is also, that's, this is where we can have some conversations, right? This, this makes no sense to me. Steph is definitely a 99-3. I'm fine with that. But why is why is everyone else at 88? I mean, look, if you want to combine the the three point rank with like uh, off the dribble and with, uh, I don't know, some like some some depth to it, like from deep three. Fine. Maybe everyone else should be at a 93 or 94, but for it to be an 11 point difference is just insane. And also to be very fair. Uh, LeBron at a 96 alongside these guys who are all in their prime, that feels a little wrong to me. I mean, LeBron's still very amazing. Then what but... would you give him? If I think a 96 is appropriate for LeBron. Yeah. LeBron I, does it all. I think a 96 is fine. Again, I think that's all fine. I just think, mm-hmm. you know, if we're taking, if Steph is elevated as much as he is for a 96, LeBron is, is an amazing player. I mean, again, I, I I'm, I love how he's performing for the Lakers. He's doing much better at this age than I could have ever expected. 
But if we're talking like just grand scheme, like he hasn't been in the MVP conversation the same way that Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, Luca, Steph, and even KD to some extent has been in those is those MVP conversations uh, for the best player in the season. And I think that's the that's I think it's a fair point to make. Is like I think LeBron right now. I think Luka Doncic is probably a better basketball player than LeBron James. That's fair. I guess the the whole point of this is. Look, I used to play video games. I understand. I like to play real basketball. I like to go outside and play real basketball. I know all the basketball players in the NBA play with their team, play with their players, you know, which has got to be so freaking cool. So, yes, you know, super cool. And you like to have your ratings. I totally understand. What, yes, what, my whole mentality is this, though. Like, it, it's a fucking video game. All right. Show yeah. me on the real NBA court. Like, you know who doesn't care that he's a 94? Like, do you think Kawhi woke up this morning? Like, <laughs> you think he was like, oh no, man, fuck Ronnie 2K. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a 94. You know, yeah. no, Kawhi's not thinking about that stuff, and neither no. should these guys. Clay, you just want a chip, dog. Like, you just want another chip. Like, don't worry about your three-point shooting. It's gonna go up during the season, anyways. I just it, I think it was perfect that the first guy that was upset about it was KD. Right. Yes. And asking why he's not a 99. <laughs> and you know, it, it's it's perfect for everything that we do and for everything that we talk about. Yeah. Of course, it is KD. That's the one that's like. Not yeah. And, and OK, so I guess this is the easiest way to say this. Okay. I, I do. I think Kevin Durant is a 99 in real life basketball. You're goddamn right. 100 percent. You're without a without a doubt in my mind. I still think he's a better basketball player than Giannis has. Mm. I do. I do. I think, okay. he's, yeah, I think he's better at the game of basketball. Yes. Now, Giannis is a physical fucking monster. Yes. So how do you equate that into a video game? I, you know, and, and I also just think like where Zion is too, like if you, if Giannis is that high on the scale, just sheer like desire, will, strength and power and lack of just, just lack of skill at times in comparison to someone like Kevin Durant, Zion needs to be at a 94, right? Like why is Zion not, at a 9495 because it's the same attributes we're talking about just overwhelming strength power athleticism no one Giannis is not going to block he's not Giannis ain't going to block Zion's dunk no nope and and I don't think Zion's going to block I don't I don't think Zion's going to block Giannis's dunk you know what I'm saying like I just I and look man I think it's an incredibly difficult task so I don't want to belittle the task that we're that we're debating here it is very fucking hard to go through all 400 or whatever guys that are in the NBA and give them a number value. Now, one thing that NBA 2K uh, is good at, and maybe this is where we'll end, they uh, will, will, I believe, over the course of the season, the rankings will shift and go up and down as the players perform. Mm -hmm. So the nice part is, and I think that's what they all lean on, is they go, this is, this is, our, this is our preliminary shit. Prove us wrong. Mm -hmm. Prove us wrong. Because we we will put you down. We'll mark you down. Yeah, like what's KD going to start breaking shots? What's right. KD going to say when he's a ninety-one? He has a he has a bad march, <laughs> right? Say he has a bad march, or they they go off of the playoffs last year or something. Right? You know what I mean, like, I, I just think it's so whatever. It's there's nothing to talk about. The fact that we're even yeah. talking about video games. No, it's fun. It it is fun. Um, I I do think that that, that was a slide at Westbrook though. The seventy-nine for Pat, yes. Beth, the seventy-eight for Russ. Yes. You know, moving into the, the next thing we're talking about here is that there was the DAP today. They had media uh -huh. day with the Lakers. Pat Bev and Russ had a I, – I said it was heartfelt 
on, on, our, on our page, but they gave daps. And, you know, I don't even know if Russ looked him in the eye, my dude. I don't it, even know if he, I don't even think he looked him in the eye. I don't know. I, you know, Drew, I don't know what to make of it. I like, like I said on our last show, Beverly Hills Chop, which went over a lot of people's head. I cannot believe you guys need to actually see a movie. Okay. Beverly Hills. His name is Patrick Beverly. Just Beverly, to spell it out. We got to spell it out. Beverly Hills Cop is one of the greatest movies ever. And it's coming out. Eddie Murphy's got a new one coming out, which is yep. even better. Yep. Um, and Beverly Hills Chop, he fouls people. Okay. Yeah. Get with it, guys. We're creative bunch over here at the follow through. Seriously. Um, I told you I wanted to see practice. I wanted to see media day. I wanted to see interviews, but we all know that like Russ hates interviews and probably it'll be on the, uh, on the docket saying, don't ask Russell Westbrook anything about Patrick Beverly. Right? <laughs> and then you're going to have yeah. Pat Bev on the other side where he'll be just completely open about everything. He will tell you everything, right? Like everything's yep. cool. It, it looked like the right kind of dap to give. If this was the first time them seeing each other, uh, it came out that they had had, phone conversations here it is again with the lakers in the fucking phone right we're making phone calls now yeah so supposedly there was a phone conversation between them what went on there i don't know the dap was a dap look good for the cameras but I'm, I'm not buying it yet drew i need to see a little more absolutely i mean look we all act differently when we know there's a camera on us oh yeah right like mm-hmm. there's been i mean look at youtube videos right they get, <laughs> people act some certain way when there's no camera around as soon as you turn a camera on them they're going to act a different way so clearly this is not the way this is not the thing to judge whether or not they are copacetic as as teammates or just as human beings existing in the same place. I think it was really it was handled beautifully. They didn't they didn't fucking do it up at all. Like they didn't oh. like hug or there was yeah. there was no conversation mm-hmm. that would lead me to believe that they're like buddy buddy now. Right. None of that happened. They didn't even have like a cool like handshake. I mean, Russ has handshakes with everybody. Does Russ? He's got handshakes with half the fucking league, and and there was none of no extras on that. And like I said, my my first take on it, I don't actually know if Russ looked Pat in the eye when it happened. So again, it was probably for the cameras. The why Russell Westbrook was standing there, right then at that moment, I also don't know. Uh, but anyway. I'll take it as a positive. That's the only thing. I, this is positive Laker outlook for me. Clips is this year. I'm I'm forcing all the negative energy down, probably until about halfway through the season, because then I have to regurgitate it out. But for now, I'm going to be positive, Drew. We're going to focus on the good. You tried and that last year, Drew. This is I, that's why I said. I mean, look, I'm, I can only be positive about. I mean, you can't just be positive about nothing. Like no, there has true. to be something positive for me to take away from stuff, which. We ran out of positive stuff last year. So hopefully that doesn't happen this year. But as of now, I'm taking this as a nice step forward for an amicable relationship until Russell Westbrook gets traded. I would pay. (laughs) I wish I wish it it was media day and they had Russ and Pat up there and Russ didn't know about the 2K ratings yet. And if they just got there and they just said, you know, they have Pat Beverly at 79 and and you at 78. I think the real Russell Westbrook would come out with that. He wouldn't be able so. to hide it. He wouldn't be able to hide so. it. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Really? I think that that would have been some really good gotcha journalism he, right there. Well, I got gotcha journalism right now. And I know we're not page six. I know we're not TMZ. But again, when there's no basketball going on, we got to take some stories and talk about them. And one, one interesting thing this morning that I saw was little Michael Jordan, Marcus Jordan, was out with our boy, no tipping, Scottie Pippen, always tripping Scottie Pippen's ex-wife, Lisa Pippen. So... We talked about it briefly Oof. before the show. 
this is a hard one to swallow, okay? And yeah. I'm looking at it from two different ways. I'm looking at it from Scotty's point of view. Like if Scotty woke up this morning and saw oh. young Mike, young Marcus Jordan going out with his ex-wife, right? Who's all obviously been through the ringer. We've been talking about her for a minute. <laughs> and at some point in Scotty's career, he, he was probably there when the kid was born, right? Michael's son. Right. Probably spent, you know, sat on his lap, probably did some practices together. They know each other. They absolutely yeah. know each other. And so how that's got to hurt Scotty Pippen, like, I cannot believe this young buck's out with my ex-wife, right? Mm, and then mm -hmm. on the other hand, I'm thinking like, did this kid even talk to his pops? Like, hey, right. my pops, Michael Jordan. I'm Mr. Jordan. About, Mr. Jordan. Mr. Jordan, sir. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about going out with Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. And do you think Michael, after all the shit that would happen this summer and with, you know, is Pippen hating the documentary and whatnot, you think Mike was like, yeah, go out and get her. You got it. <laughs> really piss off Scotty with this. I just thought it was, I thought it was pretty crazy. Out of all the people in the world, this girl could be yeah. baby. It's Michael Jordan's young son. Yeah, I'm so the way that I'm gonna take this and what I'm hoping is true is that this was not a date. I'm hoping this was not a date. I'm hoping yeah. that they have a pre-existing relationship, like you had talked about. They had mm -hmm. to have grown up in some capacity around each other. Maybe there was also other people there, right? right? It's very easy for that picture to be zoomed in. Like maybe they're mm -hmm. a part of a bigger group. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go that route. Okay. Because it is one of the most knife in the back moments that I could possibly imagine. Like the fucking Game of Thrones scriptwriters couldn't come up with a better stab in the back to Scottie Pippen than his, you know, I at this point, I guess, arch rival is how we're going to view these two guys. His son is taking it. I mean, look, it, it does feel like an HBO, uh, you know, script at this point. You know I what I mean? I want that like, documentary. I don't need another Laker legacy documentary, the third one of the summer. Give me the Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan love Shit. Fight. My God. And so anyway, if it, if it is in fact a date, which I, I'm really hoping it's not, for Scotty's and for and for Scottie Pippen Jr.'s sake, who's on the Lakers, by the way, uh, mm -hmm. the son is, is suiting up for us at some point here down the line. Uh I just, I, if in fact it was to date, that is, that's craziness. I mean, like the, the question that you pose is very valid. It's a very valid question because if Marcus Jordan took out Scottie Pippen's ex-wife to a date or wherever it was, you would have to assume that he would have at least reached out to his dad and said, yay, dad. <laughs> I, you know, I was on Bumble and I matched with, uh, you know, Lisa randomly and, you know, I, I'm going to take her out. I'm going to see where this goes. And, and he called, and, he called Michael Drew and he's like, pops, Thanksgiving is going to be real interesting. <laughs> <this> year, okay. <laughs> just want to let you know, I got a surprise. I just, and so in that circumstance, if Michael Jordan is aware and gives it the thumbs up, then, then, then there has to be a book about this. Mm -hmm. Someone has to write a book about it. Uh, but you know, again, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lean back here and go, I'm hoping that this was made out to be something larger than it truly is because any other, any other version of this is just too hard for me to fathom. <laughs> That's fair. Maybe it was taken out of context. Let's hope it was taken out of context. And maybe the media, just since there's nothing to talk about, maybe they exactly. want to talk about that. Exactly. So until I see further evidence of anything, let's just go with, they were in the same place at the same time. Same it place, can, same time. It could possibly and happen. I mean, the goatee on Marcus is, is uh, you know, one of the better goatees I've ever seen. That is, that is, it's got to be almost a foot long coming off his chin. I don't know if Come on, bro. You, you better be well put together if you're Michael Jordan's son. There's no, there is no reason for you to be unkept. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, Certainly. No, no. And that was a very before. nice manicured, very, very nice manicured goatee from Marcus. Uh, last thing in the NBA today, we're going to have a, a Doc Rivers and Montrez Harrell reunite. They're going to reunite. In James Philly. Harden, too. James Harden, too. Um, they're going to reunite in Philly. I thought it was a great pickup by Philly. They, it's a two-year yep. with the player op. Uh, it's going to bring a little more defense for them off the bench, relieve, uh, you know, Embiid at the center position for a little bit if they want to go small and go tough. I like Montrez a lot. He's this is going to be what his fifteen in in five years, something yeah. like that. Uh, I, I think, think so. I think it's a good pickup. I think it's worth talking yeah. about. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think Drummond went to the Bulls, didn't he? Didn't yes. Drummond go to the Bulls? Yes. So it it was a necessary pickup for the Sixers. Slide in a guy who's familiar with the the James Harden way of of doing things, familiar with Daryl Morey, familiar with the, with Doc Rivers. Uh, this is this is a no brainer. Uh, you know, it's interesting that Harold was still out there for as long as he was. I think, you know, uh, his fit in the NBA scheme at, you know, just in general for his size and his abilities, it is it's a little weird. Right. But, you know, he found a home and worked beautifully with Lou Williams uh, in, in, in that Clippers secondary unit. And so if he can find a little bit of rhythm with with somebody, whether whether that's James Harden, like. They, they, they rest and bead, but they leave Harden and Harrell out there together so they can do their pick and roll lob stuff. Great. Uh, but I think the major piece here is that Matrez was, was arrested earlier this off season for having a, uh, a few pounds of marijuana on him. I think just a couple, couple, a uh, couple pounds just hanging well, out. He's uh, a misdemeanor. He's a misdemeanor now. He's fine. But I do think that probably played a part into why it took him so long to find a destination for for all the reasons I just mentioned, like it's, he is kind of a weird fit and you need the right team to pick him up. Uh, but I think he probably would have been scooped up a little earlier than now had it not been for that offseason misdemeanor. But big pickup, great for Trez, really good for Trez. I think and so. then also and also real good for, for the Sixers. Uh, the hope is, is that he can be level headed Trez, though. I do think that at this point he had to have he has to have matured. He cannot be sitting on that bench complaining about lack of minutes on this team. Mm -hmm. You are backing up one of, if not the best center in the NBA. You got to shut that mouth, play your fucking role, earn your money, and then you you know show your worth when you're in there. But I don't I don't think he needs another rehashing of what he had going on for the Lakers and the Wizards and the Hornets and all this other shit. Focus up, do your job, show your value. I mean, the last time him and Doc were together, he won six man of the year, you know? So, exactly. But I, there was some beef towards the end there. I know, I mean, that was the bubble stuff too, where I think he was a little upset with Doc as well. But hopefully, like you said, they, they hash that shit out and Montrez plays his game. His game's really easy, Drew. His bang, It's rebound, easy stuff, man. It's, 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 I mean, we're saying it's easy, but it's like he knows his role. All you got to do yeah. is rebound, clean up the trash, box out, block shots, run the floor. That's all he wants you yes. to do. And, and be calm. Stay calm. Yeah. Just stay calm. Like play with that energy, right? He plays with a certain energy that gets him, that got him to where he is. I mean, quite frankly, he probably should have never made it to the NBA, but it's his, his grit determination and that dog in him, the way that he plays that got him to this next level. Philly will need that at times, but at the same time, he cannot be getting texts. He cannot be starting shit in the locker room, uh, but I'm excited. I think yeah, Philly's going to love him. Yes, absolutely. And he, I think he'll fit in perfectly for the Philly fan base. Like, if, if there's one fan base that's going to root for a guy like that, that plays like that, it, it Philly should appreciate it after, after the Ben Simmons experiment, this experiment anyway. Agreed. And if you're going to buy two pounds of weed, bro, just hire somebody dog. Just Or just like do it in fucking California. Like do it, do it out where it's like totally fine to have that much. 
and you- not in Kentucky or wherever the hell he was. <laughs> uh, give me your final thoughts, Drew. I know you got one. Final thought. This one's a fun one. Mm. And I think it's a look to the future. I'm staying on topic this time, by the way. Sweet. Basketball? Uh, we're keeping it on the hoops All right. for, for the first time in a long time for my final thought. Uh, but the G League clips mm-hmm. uh, just announced its schedule. Uh, so there's two things here that I'm going to touch on. First, they have a new overtime rule, which Ooh. is very exciting. No time. They're doing the Elam ending for all overtime games in the G League. So there will be no time running on the clock. It's the first team to seven points wins the game. Love it. Absolutely love it. It makes too much sense for the G League where these overtime games, no one wants to be in anyway. And I think it's a, it's a foreshadowing to the future of the NBA. Mm. In regular season games, the NBA should definitely implement something like this, whether it's seven or 11 or 13 points, whatever the number is. It's a great way to lessen the load on these players that already have to go through an 82 game season. And, you know, those nights where it's overtime, double overtime, it's like, oh, God. You're on a back to back or something. Oh, everyone just like, I just don't care anymore. Like, can we just end, let's end the game? We just end the game. I think this is a great way forward. And, and, and it will create unbelievable endings to these games, right? Like no clock. You're just going out there. Seven points can happen in a, in a fucking blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be really exciting for the G League. And, and whenever it is that they implement it into the NBA, I think it will be implemented to the NBA for the regular season. Postseason, you don't want to touch overtime. And that postseason, there's too much on the line. Leave it like the normal clock and the whole thing. Just leave it that way. But for the regular season, this is where we need to be going. And the second thing is the G League will be starting their season with a tournament. Something the NBA has been, uh, mostly Adam Silver, has been uh, ruminating on for quite some time is like this mid-season tournament. So I think they're also testing that out in the form of a G League tournament. They have it some sort of G League Cup is what they're calling it. The first couple games will all be uh, in that tournament format. And then the rest of the games will follow up as, a, as a, like a normal season. And then they'll have a playoffs. Like what are the benefits do. from the tournament, though? So it's an 18-game it's an showcase cup to start the year and then a 32 game regular season for the G league. Uh, and that's all they go into on the tournament. I think the bigger news was around the, like the target score thing, the Elam ending that we were talking about. I don't know if there is some, there must be some sort of uh, something that the team or the players get to win the cup other than maybe a trophy, maybe they get a trophy or something, but uh, I, I have to look into that more, but I'm not sure if there's any additional funding or, like a you know just like a bonus for all the players that get a cheese it's the g league so any bonus would be great for these guys you know except for the ignite guys even those but even those guys are making only 100k so um anyway i think it could be uh could be a really fun foreshadowing year a good reason to check out the g league obviously you know for those that are diehard basketball and nba fans you're checking out the g league ignite team as much as you can when there's not those nba nights and you're going to see who's going to be drafted the, you know, the following year. Uh, but for other reasons now, there's actually some shit on the line. We have a tournament. Uh, I think it will be nice for the G League, too, to make those games a little bit more competitive because a lot of the G League is very much uh, me, me, me. Like, uh, look at me, look at me. I'm scoring 50 points tonight. Not I want the team to win tonight kind of a thing. So maybe they're actually going to be able to, to cultivate some sort of team atmosphere in the G League, something that I know – has been lacking for uh, for quite some time down there. But either way, 
really exciting stuff. And I can't wait until we get the regular season Elam ends. I'm going to be fucking fired up for it. And again, it's only for overtime. This isn't going to change the fourth quarter, all that shit. It's for overtime and it makes too much sense. Yeah, I actually love that. And I think the really great thing with the G League is you can try these things out. You know what I mean? You can try all of these things out and see if they stick. I really like that ending. I think if it went to the NBA, nobody would want to see the Warriors in overtime because that shit went real quick, you know, Um, could end real quick. But I think defensively and, uh, you know, it would just be really exciting. Seven points. And we don't have to keep every – especially if, like, you know – People on the East Coast, when they're trying to watch a game on the West Coast, like, oh, God. it's midnight, dog. You know what I mean? Like, yep. let's just finish yeah. and then keep the same thing for for uh, not for the playoffs. Like, don't do that in the right. playoffs. Keep but the playoffs the same. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it five minutes and let, let these guys play. I would like to see as far as the tournament goes. I want to see a benefit to winning the tournament. That's what I want. Unless it's more money and everybody likes money. Yes. It's fine. Right. Um, and Adam is the only guy that's been flirting with this because it seems like every yes. time he brings it up. Everyone else is no. Like, he's like, rah, <laughs> rah, like, we're still talking about this, but nobody seems to like this idea except yeah. for me. Um, I still think – I think the, the in-season NBA tournament is just a reach too far. It is a reach Drew, too look, far. And I, I, to what end okay, does bro, anyone but, want the tournament? Okay, but, dude, in when this TV deal kicks in and these players are making $70 million a year, I think they should be able to say whatever the fuck they want. We want to do a midseason. We want a Christmas classic. We want an Easter Bunny basketball round ball classic. We're playing these <laughs> goddamn tournaments. Okay, we are milking it for everything we got. These contracts right. are ridiculous in three years, yo. Yeah, like, the contracts are going to be ridiculous, but the owners are still going to be raking it in. That's, like, that's the thing. It's like, it's not like all of the money is going out to the players and the, and the owners right. aren't going to see any up, up increase in their money. I just think, like, there is no reason. Like, especially I, – I, I understand – God, we're getting on a tangent here. But I understand why Adam Silver wants to make the middle of the season more entertaining because they, it, it can – it's a grind, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though it's 82 games – uh, and that is it pales in comparison to the baseball season, but it is a grind when you're into that. Like once we hit, I think like January till about April, it would be great to have something to spice it up, something to you know fight for other than just the playoff seedings. But to me, I just don't see a world in which a tournament fits alongside an already stacked regular season. You know where these cool? guys are are just exhausted. You know what would be cool? It just came to my head. let's do a tournament over all-star break where the teams don't play with their all-stars that's what i want to see let's do a round ball classic during the during all-star break when everybody's off because guess what dude some of you guys on the bench don't need that four days okay and if there's some kind of benefit it'd be really cool to see milwaukee versus the lakers without Giannis and drew and lebron and ad let's see i see you i think that sounds like a terrible idea that sounds like bad basketball i don't know know. who's gonna tune into that but i (laughs) it would be fun to see austin reeves drop like 32 in that game tonight versus austin in a battle (laughs) battle for la so anyway i you know i i'm with you i think there's a a great idea idea. the the thing that keeps hitting me clips is there's got to be a way to rope in the eliminated teams from the playoffs so right we get we get uh what is that uh, 16 teams into the playoffs now it's 20 mm-hmm. so you take those last 10 and you drop their you, you drop them into something right you drop those last 10 into some something that makes them want to win you give them a tournament mm-hmm. and they all get bonuses 
and maybe somehow they get uh, a no trade clause or like an uh, NIT I, tournament. I, there's got to be something to do with those. That's where the space is mm-hmm. for me. It's it's not in the middle of the regular season. Okay. It's 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 you know I want to say it. Let's put those last teams in instead of a random fucking ping pong draw. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins this tournament gets the number one overall pick, mm-hmm. which is fun, but. Mm-hmm. If you're a player that's looking at when Benyama and you're the center on your team, are you going to mm. want to really try super hard like my hand so that you can get the number one pick so that yeah. guy can replace you? So like, there's a problem with that too. Right. But anyway, I think there's something there with those 10, with those 10 teams that can be done. I just don't know what it is and how to incentivize it correctly. But as soon as I find out the path, it'll be brought to you, the audience here at Clips. Well, Drew, the people that have been listening to our show know that we're trail, trailblazers as far as this goes. We, oh, my God. We, we've told them what to do with the All-Star game. We, we've told them. What time to and time again. <laughs> we, we've mentioned it. You know what? It's probably going to happen at some point. Somebody's, somebody's going to take it. Gerson Rojas is going to take full. Yes. He's going to take full credit for all of it. It's us. Okay. Yes. We mentioned all this. Let me tell you my first, my final thought. It's very quick. I didn't have one to start the show, but the more I thought about it, we brought up Montrez Harrell, and you said that yeah. it took a long time to sign him because of his extracurricular activities with the weed. They wanted to see if he was going to turn into a felony, any jail time. You know, he didn't get any. And it made me think, Drew, it made me think about the free agent that we thought was going to be one of the top free agents, was going to get paid, was going to get everything this summer, and that's Miles Bridges. And Miles Bridges with his quote of, well, if I don't get signed this year, I'm just going to start rapping. How is your rap album? Miles, we haven't heard a word about you with the domestic abuse and all this. NBA is keeping it on lock, right? But we haven't heard one word about where Miles Bridges is going to be. And this dude has all the talent in the world, loved him with LaMelo over there, and was probably going to command at least $100 right? Yep. Yep. And now he's nowhere to be found. Will he end up on an NBA team? I don't know. But if you said that you'd rather be a rapper than play in the NBA, then let's hear that album, dog. Where, Where is that at? Are you even trying to play in the NBA? Right. Do you think yeah. he's going to be on a team? Because it, it's not looking good. Drew, you heard his name at all? Man, you know, I have not. And I think that's, it's a really sad story. Uh, first and foremost, the beating that, that uh, his wife or girlfriend took, uh, I mean, that to me, that deserves some jail time. So mm-hmm. I do think there's a path for him back to the NBA, but it, it has to come after whatever term he's going to serve there. Mm-hmm. Uh the, you know, the way that she was beat up, man, that was, that's, it was very difficult for me to look at. And uh, so I'm kind of happy that no one's touching him yet, man. Hey, because, you shouldn't be on an NBA team, bro. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, an unfortunate decision for him or we, what, again, I no we don't need to litigate the case, right. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know the fucking facts. I don't know what, you know, what, what happened, but the Solid evidence that, yeah, the evidence that was put into the public knowledge is pretty damn pretty damning for uh, for Miles Bridges, a fucking hell of an athlete, talented player. I I mean, he was my most improved player last year. I, I think he was the guy that I had down for most improved, and I think he's very deserving um, of of an accolade like that. And I I just you know this shit you don't ever want to be a part of as as a, as a man, just like as a human being, you don't ever want to have this shit happen to you. But when you're that talented, that promising, and yes, you were he was. I think for sure going to get a hundred million dollars at least. And he turned down 80, mm-hmm. uh, which now is like, Oh no, well, that could have been a really bad decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just really fucked up. So I, it, whatever it is that happens to his career, I think he certainly needs to be, go- he has to go through the justice system here first. 
but you know, Clips, redemption is is available to all of us. True. People make mistakes. You have to you have to face the consequences for those mistakes. And I think everyone deserves a second chance. So this shouldn't condemn him forever, uh, because certainly guys have done pretty bad shit. I mean, look at Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. You know, two different types of things there, but. People do bad shit. People make mistakes. And I think they all deserve a second chance once you face, you know, once you once you face the music, once the fat lady sings. So I just think I think he's going to serve some time mm-hmm. and then and then he'll have a hard time getting back in the league is, is my guess. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Uh, I just I wanted to bring up the fact that nobody's mentioned his name. That's why the NBA is really good at keeping stuff. That's, you know, any negative stuff on the NBA. They're very good at covering that. Not necessarily covering it up because you can't cover that up, but not talking talking about it anymore. Right. You know, and not, not and not having any teams get like you know try and grab him for uh for a cheap deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, because this would be an easy time for a GM to go to lock him up. Hey, we'll mm-hmm. give you one one year for twenty. Mm-hmm. We'll give you two years for twenty. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the NBA can't be having that. You can't have that. So I think you know whatever if it was Adam Silver or somebody at the NBB, NBA PA whoever it was. That said, let's just all take a breather here on this guy until we have, you know, an actual court case or like a decision mm-hmm. is very smart. Very, very smart. But uh, yeah, man, I it's a that's a shit situation for him and and for, you know, uh, the woman. Yeah, even uh, worse for her. And and I think they have a, a kid together, too. Mm-hmm. I think they have a, a child. So mm-hmm. that's I mean, even bigger, bigger stuff than basketball there, man. That's that's some deep shit. Yeah, well, our season's almost here, Drew. We got a couple more podcasts before we finally get our tip off. I think we're about 30 days away right now for trade, at least for training camp and for preseason and whatnot. We're almost there. We're going to do something fun on the next show. We're going to do spicy takes only. I want spicy, just so random. I want your your hottest, spiciest. I don't care what it, I want it so spicy. My mouth burns, Drew. Okay. All right. Well, I'll start off right now because NFL season is happening this, this week. I got my NFL fantasy football draft tonight. Mm-hmm. I have it tonight. So spicy take number one, mm-hmm. the Rams will not repeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt, Stafford, spicy take. Matt Stafford's arm is fucked two ways to Sunday. I think Paul George has stronger elbows than Matt hey, Stafford at this hey, point. Hey. I also think, I also think the Tom Brady and the Bucks are going to struggle this year. And I don't think the Patriots will make the playoffs. Those are my three spicy takes for the NFL season. That's just a preview of what's going to come. Cause I don't really know as much as I know about the NBA when it comes to the NFL, but I stay up on that shit. I'm about to win another title. I'm going to have the money coming back to me. My Christmas bonus will be wrapped up nicely, probably halfway through the season. I love it. Let's get fired up here. If you got any spicy takes, send them to us. I want to hear yours. I know my boy Basketball Jones gave his, so I might pop that one in. Oh, shit. I like it. I I want the spiciest takes, guys. Let us know. We're going to be back shortly. NBA season's almost almost amongst us, guys. So follow through with Clips and Drew. And we're ghosts.